Welcome to Red Maryland Radio, the Red Maryland Network's flagship show. Here are your hosts, Brian Griffiths and Greg Klein. Hello and welcome to an all-new installment of Red Maryland Radio here on the Red Maryland Network, live from the Al Davis Studios on the bucolic western shore of Maryland, the banks of the semi-historic Magadie River. I am your host, Greg Klein. Brian Griffiths, I I have some sad news to report, some disturbing news, frankly, And, and I just want to get this out of the way and then I'll set up the show and we'll go from there. Brian Griffiths is on assignment at a time when we are perilously close, perilously close to war with Canada. If you've been following the news, you know how close this has come with our president, Donald Trump, and, and some sort of falderall with the leader, can't see air quotes on the radio, of Canada. Brian Griffiths, I have it on very good authority, avowed never Trumper, Brian Griffiths is in Canada as we speak has been all this week, has been involved in high-level government meetings that he's attended. And uh, I I find it more than a little bit disturbing. But you needn't worry about that. We'll get to the bottom of that later on. You have your friend Greg Klein here is holding down the fort. We're going to make America great together again. Making America great again together is what we're going to (laughs) do. That was for you, Brian. Uh, but seriously, he's not even in America. He's in Canada. The tensions between America and Canada have spiked. It's not a coincidence. I'm just going to leave it at that. Anyway, we've got a great show for you tonight. A lot of stuff to cover. A crazy week in Maryland politics. We're going to cover a lot of it. I want in this first. And by the way, this is going to be a straightforward show. It's not going to be one of these long stem winders that we sometimes do. We're going to be. Short and to the point. It's just your boy here. Now, if you want to join me, we are doing this live. As our friends at the Maryland Crab say, we have a lot of balls to do this live. And you can call us, 760-259-2711, 760-259-2711. Now, you're not going to call because, like me, you're you're very interested in how our Washington Capitals are going to win their first Stanley Cup championship. And so, since I'm doing this live, we're going to get to the point, we're going to get in, get out. You're going to listen to this tomorrow in the 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 hazy victory that will that will come over this area as the Capitals have won or that nervous delay that the uh, uh, Capitals loss would bring. Will they will they follow through and do this? Can they finally do it? Will the bad things happen again? That's for you to know in the future if you're not listening to this live. But but we're gonna get we're gonna get to glory in just a second as we get through today's show. Wow. This is this is what this is the energy you've got for tonight, folks. Okay, here we go. First segment I want to talk about this Washington Post Paul. I want to dig in a little bit, and especially you, you may have heard of some of the numbers. What I really want to get into as we talk about those numbers is some of the reaction to it, an insight into where maybe the Democrats are going with this. There's really no good news in it for the Democrats, but there, 
They've always tried to spin it. And I think it's useful to understand the, the mindset of Maryland Democrats to see what they're saying about bad poll after bad poll after bad poll. Okay. Then we'll take a break and we'll get caught up on the latest because there's stuff happening all of the time. We've had two uh, debates this week. If you watched both of those Democratic candidate debates, I don't know what to tell you. you you're out of your mind. They weren't worth watching. We'll talk a little bit about them. I'll give you some of the highlights, okay? Um, <laughs> you know, I'll talk. I'll give you a few thoughts on whether it was better with fewer candidates or more candidates, whatever. Uh, I don't think at the end of the day it's going to make a, a bit of difference. That's what I got from it. And there's breaking news today, of course, and I'll get to all of that. And what does it mean? And then a later, on, a little later on at the end of the show, we've got some housekeeping a lot of stuff i want to make you aware of so that's all in tonight's show okay so we got to get all of that done i promise you it will be under an hour because i want to watch the caps game too okay but feel free to jump in 760-259-2711 as you're listening if you're listening on podcast love to get your feedback always love your feedback the more negative the better frankly red maryland at gmail.com we're on facebook facebook.com slash red maryland we're on twitter at Red Maryland. Just let us know you're listening. Love love to hear what you think. Always invite that. Okay, let's start with this Washington Post poll. It came out this week. Maybe you've heard about it. A lot of discussion. Let's get into some of the numbers. First off, amongst Democratic likely voters, okay, going through the methodology here, and, and the it's interesting what they did methodologically with the margin of error because they tinkered with it, especially when we get to the head-to-head matchups with Governor Hogan and these individual Democratic candidates, because <laughs> they played some games with it, and apparently some of these candidates don't know how to read a poll and don't understand basic polling methodologies or statistics. Um, so they kind of beclown themselves on that, but they're, you know, some of them are doing that full force on their own. But I digress. So here, here among likely Democratic voters, here's where the horse race was, according to this most recent polling that we have. First off, the big winner was uh, undecided with about 39%. 26% had no opinion, 9% uh, weren't voting for any of these guys, <laughs> according to this poll, or other. So you take thir- 4% were voting for other, 9% were voting for none of those candidates, 26% had no opinion. So 39% that they lumped into the undecided category. Now, not all of them are undecided, of course. Leading in the poll is Ben Jealous, according to likely Democratic voters. Okay, if you look at if you look at the full results. Now, what was reported was Rusher and Baker in the lead, and Ben Jealous trailing him within the margin of error. But, but when they asked the question, if the Democratic primary election for governor will likely be held today, who would you vote for? Which one are you leaning toward right now when they really push them on it? OK, Ben Jealous is in the lead. Twenty one, uh, twenty one percent of the vote. Russian Baker comes in second at 16. Valerie Irvin's at eight. Senator Rich Maddalino. We're going to talk more about him later. Is at six percent. Jim Shea. Watch how I burn two million dollars. Is, is living the movie uh, Brewster's Millions, I think. Um, 6%. Uh, I'm sorry, 4%. Krish Vignaraja, 
I'm not even eligible, but I've got 4% of the vote. Alec Ross, 2%. Okay. So this is very rapidly becoming a two-person race between Rusher and Baker and Ben Jealous. Kind of what we always predicted it would be, but I think the, the, I think the establishment, and we'll talk more about that in the next segment, very rapidly getting behind Rusher and Baker. But they're scared. Okay. Now, the lead between Baker and Jealous within the margin of error, however they reported it. But among likely Democratic voters, Jealous actually in the lead. Okay, we got a link of this at redmaryland.com. You go check it out. Now, when they ask those same voters who do they think has the best chance of winning in the general, Baker and Jealous were the top two, and it was a dead heat. Okay, all the other candidates, the numbers go down, and 45% had no opinion as who had the best chance, which is really fascinating. Which is really, really fascinating. Now, they ask who had the best experience to be governor. Rusher and Baker wins that. Rich Maddalino, who's trying to make the argument he has experience, is actually fifth in that poll. Jim Shea, who's never held elected office to my knowledge, does better with who has the best experience to be governor, better than Rich Maddalino. And I think that tells you something about what's wrong with Rich Maddalino's campaign right there. Okay, now... The head-to-head matchups. Now, they did this with registered voters, not likely voters. Okay? And and we've talked about this many, many times. Registered voters are different from likely voters. Registered voters going to overrepresent Democratic votes in the sample. Because generally speaking, uh, if you're taking registered voters, more Republicans end up becoming likely voters if you ask registered voters, registered Republicans, more of them are likely to vote than Democrats who are registered. Okay, so if your poll sample is registered voters, not likely voters, you essentially are going to oversample Democrats. So keep that in mind. If you were so, in other words, these poll results I'm going to share with you, which are very good, by the way, for Governor Hogan, they'd be even better if they were polling a sample of likely voters so here's a head-to-head matchup uh and they ask them they ask them to lean so they want them to try to make a decision okay uh matchup against baker hogan 51 baker 39 percent 12 point lead jealous 51 39 the same uh among registered voters now they only used half the sample for like and the rest so the margin of error is much higher and this is this was a point of contention, okay? So in other words, they really, really asked everybody about a head-to-head matchup between Larry Hogan and Ben Jealous and Rusher and Baker, okay? Half of those that responded, they also asked, hey, what do you think about the rest of the field? Okay, so it's a smaller sample. The, the margin of error is higher. Hogan against Madalino, 50 to 40. Now, this was the highest result, but remember, Madalino's result has a higher margin of error. I think it's something like seven and a half points. The, there, were, there were actually Madalino people who don't understand how polling works who were on social media saying, oh, see, Madalino lost by one less point to Hogan <laughs> than everybody else, so he's the most likely to be able to win. Well, Part of that difference, number one, it's within the margin of error generally, 
but his margin of error was actually higher. So this is more likely just a statistical aberration. It's certainly not evidence that he's he's a better candidate to run against Larry Hogan. Anybody with half a brain could figure that out. But again, we're talking about Madalino supporters. Uh, Hogan against Irvin, who's not even going to be on the primary ballot, 51-38 in favor of Hogan. Vignaraja, who's not even eligible to run, he wins 54-35, which I find fascinating. Something I'd point out to Miss Vignaraja the next time she says, I'm, you know, I'm the only one. They say a man can't beat Hogan. Well, I'm no man. Well, you can't appear to beat him either. He's beating you by 19 points in the poll. And then there's Alec Ross. Hogan, 55 to 31. So he's beating him pretty significantly, 14 points there. Okay. I'm sorry. 24 points. Excuse me. Uh, If only those folks would be the nominee. Okay. And and also Shea, 53-35, 18-point lead for Governor Hogan. Okay, so again, Governor Hogan's over 50% in all of these matchups, at or over 50% in all of these matchups. He's beating them significantly, well beyond the margin of error, even the expanded margin of error for the lesser-known candidates. Governor Hogan is clearly beating them. Now, the Democrats have been saying in these head-to-head matchups for months, well, Hogan's winning, but he's not over uh, he's not over 50%, so he's still vulnerable. Well, now he's over 50%, so that, that talking point's gone, okay? What we're seeing is when you actually press voters and you have fewer undecided, it favors Hogan. It puts him over the top. Now, Hogan, as we've talked about on this floor, probably, as we've talked on the show many times before, probably only has a ceiling of like 55%. So it's going to be hard for him to do much better in polls than he's doing right now. And in fact, I wouldn't expect him to do any better in, in any poll going forward. But this is fat. Hogan, the point is, Hogan clears the field. He beats everybody. None of these Democrats come anywhere near him. Okay. So if electability is your benchmark, you got you got no good choices in the Democratic uh, primary here. Now, let's talk about some of the general favorability stuff here. Okay. Um, favorable, unfavorable. You have a favorable, unfavorable. Among registered voters, the favorable is 66%. Among likely voters, it goes up to 71%. That's 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 interesting because that's the highest one that he's had. Okay, and I think that's a pretty significant point here as well. And we're looking behind the numbers. This isn't just what was reported. This is some of the detail, full results that you need to you need to actually take a look at. Okay, among all adults, Hogan has 71 percent approval among registered voters. It's 66 still within the margin of error, but it's very, very high net favorable. Very high. Now, when you look at favorable, unfavorable for Baker and Jealous, their you know their favorables are in the 30s. They still have over half the voters don't even know who they are, have no opinion about them, favorable or unfavorable. Now that's significant because yes, they're losing because of lack of name recognition, which is what the Democrats will tell you. But it also means that Governor Hogan is going to have a very easy time defining them to voters. Half the voters, we're, we're, we start early voting next week. Half the voters don't have an opinion over the two, of either of the two leading Democratic candidates. Okay? 
Governor Hogan's got millions of dollars sitting by to and and he's got his friends in the Republican Governors Association and the Republican National Committee and the Maryland Republican Party who can run ads defining negatively whoever his ultimate opponent ends up being. And they've got plenty to work with. These guys are not going to have any money after they win the primary, if one of the whoever ends up winning this primary. So you can see they have enormous vulnerabilities and they you know, they're net favorable, but they're nowhere near and, and the governor is universally known. He's been assailed and attacked and lambasted for years, and he still has enormously high approval ratings. That's significant. That's an enormous sign of strength. Okay. So this poll was all great news for the governor. This is terrible news for the Democrats. There's no good news in this. The one thing they tried to pick up on was uh, when they got to when they got to some of the policy issues. And well, a lot of people still favor, you know, raising the minimum wage and doing things like that. When they asked about who, uh, if they approve of the way Hogan's handling the economy, 65% approval of the economy, his strongest issue. Taxes in the economy, bedrock, pocketbook issues, that's where the governor crushes. Okay? When they ask about education, it's 43 approved, 40 disapproved. So it's more even. This is the issue the Democrats think that they have some sort of great, uh, great issue on. Because this is where they think the governor's vulnerable is on the education issue. Because he has net approval, but it's closer and it's lower than it has been in the past. Okay. Now, again, this sample is not likely voters. It's registered voters. In fact, that question only had half a sample. So the margin of error is like seven points. So, again, they're really grasping at straws here. I don't think the governor has as great a vulnerability as the Democrats would like you to think. But that's what they're glomming on to. What's interesting, and we'll talk more about that in the second sec in the next break. If the Democrats think the governor is vulnerable in education, why are they most likely going to nominate the worst nominee who has a terrible record on education to be their nominee? That seems like a terrible idea. But yet that seems to be exactly where this race is going. And we'll talk more about that on the other side of this break, uh, if I can bring up. Uh, by the way, I love technology. If I've never mentioned that before, it's uh, I do. I love technology so much. And, uh, I, you know, I might even say this. Yes, I love technology. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk more about this race. Poll numbers continue to be great for the governor. Trends continuing. Okay. If you want to if you want to quibble over particular numbers, you got to look at the trends, trends all favoring the governor, nothing helping the Democrats. Except they think maybe there's a vulnerability on education. We'll talk more about that when we come back. You're listening to Red Maryland Radio here on the Red Maryland Network. You can help Red Maryland grow our reach when you visit redmaryland.com and click on the Amazon link and shop as normal. A portion of your purchase will come back to Red Maryland to help us grow. Additionally, you can buy Red Maryland t-shirts, drinkware, and other gear from our Zazzle store at zazzle.com slash redmaryland. We want to hear from you. 
Email us at any time at redmaryland at gmail.com. You can also leave audio feedback on our Red Maryland Talkback line at 410-205-4875. We might use your feedback on our programming. You are listening to Maryland's most trusted conservative voice, the Red Maryland Network. Be sure to follow Red Maryland on all of the major social networking sites. You can follow us at Red Maryland on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, Snapchat, and Tumblr to get the latest from Red Maryland. And be sure to follow the home base for all things Red Maryland, redmaryland.com. Celebrating five years as Maryland's only network that matters, you're listening to the Red Maryland Network. We're back on Red Maryland Radio here on the Red Maryland Network. I am your host, Greg Klein. By the way, that was a that was a little ditty from a band called Last in Line. We'll be enjoying some some great uh, great music. That's from their album Heavy Crown that came out a couple years ago. Saw them live at M3. They were awesome. Okay, not as awesome as Governor Hogan's chances against this uh, Democratic field of challengers who have just been an absolute. I heard the term this week. I've never heard it before. Perhaps some of you are familiar with it. Goat show. I don't know exactly what a goat show is. It sounds very negative, but it seems that it's a term that perhaps would accurately describe this absolute scrum among Democratic candidates for governor. None of them are running away from the pack. In fact, they're very close. None of them even seem to be gaining ground. They had two debates this week, which were pre-taped and later televised. There was talk that the, the WJZ debate might be actually delayed a week because some sort they couldn't preempt Steve Harvey, some sort of kids say the darndest thing, Steve Harvey show. I think they ended up airing it in the 7 o'clock hour, which I, it, <laughs> it tells you what's wrong with the world, to be perfectly honest with you. They had they had the debate earlier in the week, which was again they have eight candidates, and they have you know a minute apiece. You got a you got a really tight window of an hour. They're not saying a whole lot. They keep repeating the same talking points. They took a few jabs at each other. Nothing really serious. Nothing that's made a lasting impact. Because again, they had another televised debate two days later where they kicked out. Uh, Jaffe and and, uh, Jones, the also-rans. It's kind of hard to call call those guys also-rans when, you know, Alec Ross is getting 2% in the poll, in the most recent poll. I mean, it's kind of, you know, usually when you have have some sort of of polling cutoff for candidates to be in a debate, you usually set it at like 10%, maybe even 5%. If you did that in this race, you'd cut the field in half. So I'm not, I mean, Ed Jaffe's crazy. Ralph Jaffe, excuse me. If he was Ed, he'd be even crazier, I suspect. Ralph Jaffe's a nut. 
but he's not he's not polling that much lower than Alec Ross, who you know is pretty nutty in his own right. So let's talk about some of these. Let's talk about some of my impressions. If you if you watch the debates, great. If you didn't, it's the same things that you've seen before. Uh, the same talking points. They've they've started to go after Governor Hogan a little bit more, um, because they obviously have to. They've started taking a few jabs at each other, and particularly at the front runners. If you want to know who the front runner in a race is, it's the guy getting attacked. So there were some jabs at Russia and Baker on the education issue, which again Democrats think from this Washington Post poll, they think the governor Governor Hogan is vulnerable on education. So, yeah, I think it's a legitimate question. Why are we going to nominate a guy who the teachers unions refuse to endorse, even in his own county, who Democrats in his own county say he did a terrible job at education, that he's solely responsible for this terrible superintendent of schools they have down there, which he admitted on video. And believe me, you'll see that that beautiful bean footage later on in this election campaign. I almost can guarantee that. They've had scandal after scandal after scandal under his watch, under the supervision of his superintendent. He is the worst guy to carry the flag of education because the Prince George's County school system over the last couple of years has been not very good. And it certainly is going to be and it certainly has had the kind of problems that can be perfectly distilled into a 30 second television commercial. In fact, many different 30-second television commercials, which I guarantee you, if they're not already filmed, they are already written out and probably storyboarded, just waiting to be produced. If, if he ends up being, the, if, if Rusher and Baker, the Prince George's County Executive, ends up being the nominee, which I think he will be, by the way. I'll get to that in a second. So let me just break down each of these candidates, and we'll just I, we'll go from bottom to top, I guess. Alec Ross has he's he's getting nowhere in the polls. Okay, he's raised a fair amount of money, predominantly from out of state, from Silicon Valley, and he's thrown it into a furnace. Okay, if if you know if you remember the the movie Brewster's Millions, which was remade multiple times, my favorite version of the movie is the one. Um, that was made with John Candy and I'm blanking on the name. It'll come to me in a second. Uh, and the premise of that movie was that uh, the, the, the lead character had to spend $2 million or a $1 million, whatever it was, and if they did it within 30 days and had nothing to show for it, they would inherit $30 million. Okay, Richard Pryor was the star of this particular version. So he was trying to spend money, and he was trying to, and again, he couldn't have anything to show for it. So he couldn't buy things because then he would have something to show. So what he ended up doing was spending all the money on a on a political campaign. And he was running on the none of the as none of the above, except that none of the above almost won as it would in almost any as it would in almost any political campaign. So he finally had to quit the campaign at the last minute because he might actually win and then he wouldn't inherit the 30 million dollars. So that, what that movie proved and made an impression on me as a young person is that if you want to waste millions of dollars, the most effective way to do it is a political campaign. 
And if you wanted a real-life example of that, you have many of them in the Maryland Democratic primary. Uh, Alec Ross, I would, I would give you, is Exhibit A. He's getting nowhere in the polls. He's dead last in this Washington Post poll. I mean, he's within the margin of error. These guys, these guys, the margin of error is five to seven points. He's polling at two. Okay. I mean, <laughs> he, it really could be zero. Let's be honest. So Alec Ross is, is, is burning through all this out-of-state money. He's saying crazier and crazier things about criminal justice reform about how, you know, we need to essentially release everybody from prison. And he's gaining no traction, though he's clearly trying to be the looniest of the loonies. Then you've got Krish Vignaraja, whose eligibility to run is still, at least in some doubt, running as, you know, Donald Trump's worst nightmare. Everybody's trying to get Donald Trump to hate them. None of, you know, they're not running for president. Donald Trump couldn't care less about any of these people. Okay? Believe me, Donald Trump is not afraid of Krish Vignaraja, who's getting 4% in a Democratic primary in Maryland. She represents no threat to anyone, let alone the president of the United States. I mean, it's just silly. But she is very articulate, and in this and in this, you know, one-minute soundbite kind of environment where you really don't have to talk about how you would actually do things and govern because she has no ability to do that, and you can just sound off. She's actually pretty good. She's probably one of the more effective uh, candidates in that regard. Okay, then you've got Jim Shea. Jim Shea fascinates me because he is the quintessential example of how to, uh, I mean, I think he really is in a real-life Brewster's Million situation. I think we're going to find out after the primary that this guy, because he because he literally pissed away $2 million that he raised, mostly from all his uh, partners and clients at, and, and associates at, uh, at, at his law firm, who are going to be very, very unhappy with the results of their investment, by the way, uh, $2 million that's just going to disappear, and he's going to have nothing to show. He's still 4% in the polls. He's been running TV ads nonstop. He's gained literally no traction. Okay? He's trying to make a move for Baltimore City to kind of get votes, mine votes out of Baltimore City. His running mates from Brandon Scott, uh, a member of the city council. He's gotten some endorsements from Baltimore elected officials. Do you know who they are? No, you wouldn't. It doesn't matter. Okay, they're not any significant. It's not like the mayor or something. But he's trying to get Democratic votes in Baltimore. Meanwhile, the other candidates are competing in Montgomery County and and Prince George's County. And there's a lot of there's a lot of division in Montgomery County and pretty good division in uh, Prince George's County, by the way. And we'll get we'll get to uh, Ben Jealous in a second. But he's bringing Dave Chappelle out to Prince George's County. That's a secret weapon. (laughs) <laughs> that's what we're... <laughs> now I like Dave Chappelle I think he's a pretty funny guy I don't know if he really is going to turn the election that much but uh, it's kind of funny it's kind of funny maybe he should come out and I don't know anyway um, <laughs> I could think of a lot of bits that would actually be very effective but he probably won't do them anyway Jim Shea has been running and in, in these debates he's been talking about 
He's moderate. He's used the word moderate multiple times. He's trying to position himself as kind of the establishment alternative to Russia and Baker. Okay? He's a non-threatening Democrat. He's moderate, will get things done. You know, he hasn't he hasn't gone as far as to invoke, you know, the name of William Donald Schaefer or something like that because he can't go that far. But he's trying to make himself as a palatable um establishment mainstream Democrat alternative to Russia and Baker. Now, with Kevin Kaminitz passing away and out of the race, that door opens up for Jim Shea. He's got more money than anybody else in the race. He's going to end up burning it all and, and, and have nothing to show for it, a la Brewster's Millions. He's not even getting any real bump in his name recognition at this point, which is just astounding to me that you can that you can waste that much money and and uh, I think his strategy's been too little too late but he's been tr- that's what he's trying to do that's his shtick and at least it sounds like a rational strategy I just think it's been poorly executed and should have started months ago okay um and obviously it tells you what 2 million dollars will buy you when you have no built-in name recognition not much not much it doesn't look like. I mean, time will tell. Maybe maybe these polls will change. You got 30%, 39% undecided, so who knows? But it also shows that Russian Baker is vulnerable. Look, the, 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 they're, they're circling the wagons for Russian Baker. Okay? For months we've been telling you that he is the favorite of the establishment. He's been getting some, you know, statewide elected official endorsements. He got... Um, Chris Van Hollen's endorsement and he got uh, the attorney general's endorsement and and there have been hints that you know kind of establishment Democrats would rather have Russia and Baker and they're more than a little afraid of Ben Jealous as they should be we talked about the Washington Post printing things negatively about Ben Jealous of course um, the Washington Post very early on endorsing Russia and Baker, going all in for him, even though they were forced to report just days later how vulnerable he is on the education issue, for instance, and other issues. So they basically admitted in the Washington Post that they endorse a very flawed candidate. <laughs> that tells you how much they hate Ru- they hate Ben Jealous. Okay. So Jim Shea had an opportunity to maybe jump into that spot. Apparently he was courting Martin O'Malley, which brings me to the news of the day in the, um, in the winning the prize that I can't imagine anybody would have actually wanted category. This is from the Baltimore Sun. Martin O'Malley endorses Russian Baker and Democratic race for Maryland governor. Former Governor Martin O'Malley endorsed Russian Baker III for the Democratic nomination for Maryland a Governor Thursday at a news conference outside the State House in Annapolis. And in a bizarre twist of political happenstance, guess who happened to be in the background during O'Malley's appearance with Baker? Former Governor Robert Ehrlich, the Republican whom O'Malley ousted in 2006. The Democratic former governor urges fellow party members to choose the Prince George's County Executive to challenge Republican Governor Larry Hogan in November. The former Baltimore mayor, he was also governor. Why don't you just say former governor? That's weird. The former Baltimore mayor praised Baker as being, quote, 
a leader in tough times, end quote, for taking over the state's second largest county after a recession. He's going to be governor of all of us, O'Malley's. <laughs> okay. Now, there's some debate online as to whether, and even the Baltimore Sun reporter, um, uh, and now I'm blanking on her name, uh, Aaron, Aaron Cox, was openly suggesting, is this a good thing for Baker? Obviously, Baker wanted this. Apparently, Jim Shea had been, had been trying to, he'd been lobbying to get this endorsement for himself. And the fact that he didn't get it is some, t- some kind of blow to his establishment alternative strategy. Now, the governor pounced on this. The governor is giddy about the idea of running against somebody who've, who O'Malley has endorsed because the governor ran essentially against an O'Malley third term in 2014. He's happy to do it again. And by the way, the contrast between eight years of Martin O'Malley and the last four years of Governor Hogan is striking and favorable to the governor beyond all explanation. So this is a this is a coup for the governor. Okay. I'm not sure it necessarily helps Rusher and Baker that much, but again, it's it's the establishment rallying themselves around it. Meanwhile, Ben Jealous, who should be the darling of the resist types, of the progressive types, he can't close. He can't move the needle. He's running an extremely lackluster campaign. Now, this poll, when you look behind the numbers from the Washington Post, has him in a dead heat when, when you, you look behind the numbers, certainly within the margin of error. This is a wide-open race. I think the establishment's very nervous, but it hasn't translated into increased fundraising or even higher poll numbers. That 18% that Jealous is polling at is pretty close to where he's been all along. So a lot's going to have to happen, and something interesting is going to have to happen. He's been, Ben Jealous has been terrible in the debates, okay? Rich Madalino, who's struggling to get into the top tier, who's, who's fourth, who's still in the single digits, is trying like heck to break through. He's talking about his experience. He, you know, he's the original Maryland progressive, and he certainly does have more experience than Ben Jealous does. He's he's stunting now. He's got a commercial, a TV commercial, uh, with him kissing his husband. You know, that's going to that's supposedly designed to uh, piss off uh, President Trump. Like President Trump. <laughs> I mean, this race is so stupid. The, you know, they're all competing to 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 anger the president, who I'm sure could not care less what's going on in the in the race for governor of Maryland, a state, by the way, that he lost by an enormous margin and is still incredibly unpopular. Meanwhile, none of them can beat the actual guy that they're actually going to be running against if they win the nomination, and they don't seem too concerned about that. But as Madalino increases, he's clearly taking away momentum and you know taking away that progressive vote from Ben Jealous. And he's been trying to get a one-on-one debate with Jealous. Jealous has been very mediocre or worse in all of these debates. If he goes one-on-one with Governor Hogan, Governor Hogan's going to clean his clock, okay? 
I would love for Ben Jealous to win this thing. That would be that would be manna from heaven. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the establishment can pull over their candidate in this race. But it's 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 fascinating where this thing is going, and it's not changing direction dramatically. Despite all the debates, despite all the spending, we're still pretty much where we were a couple months ago. It's a two-person race. They're within the margin of error. There's enormous unknown or undecided, and everybody else is just kind of along for the ride. Nobody can, can close this thing out. My prediction right now, and I'm going to make a prediction right now. We start early voting the end of next week. A lot of things will happen. My prediction is that Russia and Baker wins this primary probably with somewhere – the over-under, I'm going to put it as 35%. If he's able to win with less than 35%, which he could, that's bad news because he's going to have a very divided party even more than he would if he won with 35 If he gets over 35 if he gets closer to 40 that's actually pretty good news because that will be a sign that, that he can actually bring the party together. And there's some confidence, and he'll actually have to run a, a pretty good campaign between now and the 26th to make that happen. So that's my prediction. He'll get over, you know, look, the establishment got Anthony Brown over the finish line in surprisingly easy fashion. They're going to be able to do it with Rusher and Baker in this field. Nobody's, nobody's impressing anyone. Madalino's going to spoil Ben Jealous, who's, who's not able to close. The rest of the field will split everything the way they're splitting it now. Unless something incredibly dramatic happens, which could. I mean, it's already happened with the death of Kevin Kamenetz. I think if Kamenetz is still in this race, we're having a totally different discussion. I think Kevin Kamenetz could have been a real challenger to Rusher and Baker. I think he really right now would would probably be the guy who would be challenging Rusher and Baker and may be the establishment darling at this point had he stayed in the race. But, you know, that that didn't happen. So unless something else as equally dramatic as that happens, uh, this is where I think this is going. Love to get your feedback, by the way, redmaryland at gmail.com. And, I'm, and we're going to keep following because it's going to be exciting. All right, one more break. Come back. We're going to uh, – so I'm done pontificating. My rank punditry, as they like to call it. I come back. I got some. I got some uh, housekeeping I need to do. Some stuff you need to know about. On the other side of this break, you're listening to Red Maryland Radio here on the Red Maryland Network. You can help Red Maryland grow our reach when you visit RedMaryland.com and click on the Amazon link and shop as normal. A portion of your purchase will come back to Red Maryland to help us grow. Additionally, you can buy Red Maryland t-shirts, drinkware, and other gear from our Zazzle store at zazzle.com slash redmaryland. We want to hear from you. Email us at any time at redmaryland at gmail.com. You can also leave audio feedback on our Red Maryland talkback line at 410-205-4875. We might use your feedback on our programming. You are listening to Maryland's most trusted conservative voice, the Red Maryland Network. Be sure to follow Red Maryland on all of the major social networking sites. You can follow us at Red Maryland on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, Snapchat, and Tumblr to get the latest from Red Maryland. And be sure to follow the home base for all things Red Maryland, redmaryland.com. 
Celebrating five years as Maryland's only network that matters. You're listening to the Red Maryland Network. All right, we're back here on Red Maryland Radio here on the Red Maryland Network. That, by the way, is Judas Priest. The song is Lightning Strike from their newest album, which is great. You should absolutely check it out. Good stuff. All right, from the, the new album, Firepower, by the way, is the name of the album. Judas Priest, Firepower, check it out. They're great. New stuff. All the music you're going to hear tonight on this show, released within the last couple of years, new music. So I hope you enjoy it. A lot of good stuff. That's one of my favorites there, Lightning Strike from the Judas Priest Firepower album. All right. I got some odds and ends I want to cover with you. Brian again, and I will get to the bottom of it. Brian is in Canada for reasons I'm not fully aware of, but I have it on good authority. If you follow him on Instagram, you'll know this. He has been attending high-level government sessions in Canada at the same time that, that tensions between our two countries have never been higher. And as the president pointed out, the Canadians already burned down the White House once. <clears throat> so I, I, don't, I don't think it's a coincidence. And we're going to get to the bottom of it. I rest, rest assured of that. But, <laughs> but before I let you go, the Canadians really didn't burn down the White House. It was the British. Uh, I've got some things. Out. First off, uh, go down the list here, housekeeping things. Uh, for all those who enjoyed our Maryland Podcast Month and all the podcasts who participated, thank you very much. It was a huge success. Hopefully you all checked out some new podcasts you never heard of before, got into some new podcasts. I know I did. I know Brian did. Uh, thank you especially to our good friends, um, John and uh, what's the other guy's name? Uh, it's, it's blanking. It'll, it'll come back to me. Um, see, this is why we do it live because we have balls that we can do this because you can, you can forget guys' names. I'm kidding. Of course, the guys at Maryland crabs, I'm teasing. Um, they've been great. They were great sponsors of this Maryland crabs podcast. I own Annapolis daily, uh, briefing. Hopefully you're checking that out. All the other, you can still go to MarylandPodcastMonth.com and check that out, but we hope you enjoyed it. Tim, I know your name. Settle down. Uh, I want to remind you, the the June 2018 Red Maryland poll is still available. Go to redmaryland.com. Just search June 2018 poll. Just search poll, P-O-L-L. It'll come right up. Vote in the poll. There's a link at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash redmaryland. Vote in the poll. We will have the results on next week's show where we will also be interviewing the Honorable Mark Crooks, who is the uh, who is a circuit co- uh, circuit court judge here in Anne Arundel County who is running for election, a uh, Hogan appointee. 
We're looking very forward to speaking with Judge Crooks. So you want to check that out. So poll results, Judge Crooks, next week on Red Maryland Radio. You're going to want to check that out. If you haven't voted in the poll, a lot of you have, by the way. Thank you very much. Um, this is the one. This is the last one before the primary. We're, we're, you know, we want to hear who you're voting for. You know, you're a fan of Tom, of Tom, you're a fan of Pat McDonough. That was a Freudian slip. I'm not going to explain to you. You're a fan of Pat McDonough. Get in and vote. You're you're a fan of, uh, you're a fan of uh, Jerry Walker or Tony McConkey. Uh, you better get in and vote. Uh, you know, those poll results have been very close. You have a favorite in the uh, race for U.S. Senate in that that very heavily contested. U.S. Senate primary. Get in there and vote. Lots of lots of contested votes all around the state. And, of course, we always want your feedback as well. And I should also mention that we will be having the, uh, and you can go to redmaryland.com and get all the details. We will have, you know, uh, I think it will be on the 17th. I'm sorry. I, I don't even know what I'm talking about. The 21st, we will have the Red Maryland U.S. Senate candidate debate all of the uh, republican candidates for the united states senate are going to be on the show we're going to have a debate with them i'm sure it will work fine technically i don't have any reservations at all about it i was enthusiastically on board when brian suggested it and could not see anything wrong with trying to make it work but we will have it you're going to want to check it out these guys haven't debated you probably haven't heard from any of these guys you might be able to see there, and we invite you to do that, the candidate surveys at redmaryland.com, but you haven't heard any of these guys debate, so you're going to want to check out Red Maryland Radio for that before you go to the polls on the 26th. Um, also, mark your calendars now for January 26, 2019, the first Red Maryland Leadership Conference. Go to redmaryland.com slash conference. Get all the details. I don't know why I'm, I'm I don't know why I'm slipping into uh, Bill O'Reilly here, but uh, check it out. We got all the stuff there. You can get the super early bird price if you buy tickets now. It's dirt cheap. It's going to happen, folks. It's paid for. It's going to happen, but you can need to buy your tickets now. Lunch is included. We've got a great list of confirmed speakers. The folks we invited, they'll blow your socks off if half of them show up. It's going to be amazing. So you want to check out the Red Maryland Leadership Conference, redmaryland.com slash leadership. Saturday, this Saturday, we're going to recording a special installment of Red Maryland's Election Focus. Uh, Brian and I, when he returns from his secret trip to Canada, we will be at Union Jackson in Annapolis for the Hogan campaign kickoff on Saturday. If you're coming out to that event, please stop by and say hi to us. If you're not able to go to that event, fear not, because we will be recording a special show from there. So stay tuned for that. And if you're not already subscribed to the Red Maryland Network, this would be a good reason to do that, because it's going to be a special a special show that we're doing. And uh, we'll have a lot of great guests, and we'll have, we'll cover the festivities. It's gonna, I'm sure it'll be, uh, I don't know what the weather's going to be like, but I'm sure it'll be a very exciting event. So you want to check that out. Recording a special edition of Red Maryland's Election Focus from Union Jacks in Annapolis this Saturday. You're going to want to check that out. So come out and see us. Stay tuned for that. Okay, 
Love to have your feedback. I mentioned this before. We love your feedback. The more negative, the better. Tell us what you think about this Democratic race. Tell me who you think is going to win. Okay? Give me your insights into polling methodologies. I would actually enjoy hearing that. <laughs> so would Brian. I don't know. Maybe he would. Maybe he would. Uh, give me your theories about what uh, about what Brian is doing in Canada, because I bet some of you have some pretty pretty out there ideas. You do on everything else. Red Maryland at gmail dot com. We're on Facebook. Facebook dot com slash Red Maryland. Twitter at Red Maryland. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to our uh, newsletter. Some of you only think that Red Maryland is a weekly online newsletter that they get in their email box that's fine it's not true of course uh but definitely subscribe to <laughs> subscribe to our uh, email list you can go to redmaryland.com slash subscribe and get that that goes out to thousands and thousands of of uh good folks throughout the state it summarizes everything we do during the week at redmaryland.com you, you're definitely going to want to check that out as well, and of course, you can always call our feedback line. We'd love to play your feedback here on RedMaryland.com. Uh, you can leave us a message on our talk back line. That number is four one zero two zero five four eight seven five. The number again four one zero two zero five four eight seven five, and uh, we'll we'll use your message in an upcoming episode. Uh, we've got some feedback that. Uh, we're going to share at some point. Can't do it tonight, but uh, give us some more. Give us some more. We appreciate it. All right. Finally, if you enjoyed tonight's show, thank you. Thank you for listening, by the way. We're going to get in under an hour so so I can enjoy the Capitals game and you can enjoy your life. And you've gotten all this great information and rank punditry and lots of, lots of useful information about upcoming events involving Red Maryland. We've... We fueled the conspiracy theories about uh, Brian Griffith's surreptitious involvement with the Canadian government at a at a very at a very tenuous time in U.S. Canadian relations. So you don't want to miss any of any more of our programming. So how you're saying, Greg? How can I make sure I don't miss any future shows? Well, here's how you do it: go to iTunes. Search the Red Maryland Network and subscribe. It's absolutely free. By the way, if you're while you're at iTunes, leave us a five star uh, rating and give us a, a review. Leave us a good review. It helps. Uh, you can also find us at Stitcher, Spreaker, the TuneIn Radio app, the Google Play Store, wherever you get podcasts. You can find Red Maryland Network programming. Just find, just search. Red Maryland Network, and hit the subscribe button. Don't cost nothing, okay? Helps us out. And uh, wherever you can, leave us some good feedback and share it with your friends. Uh, And we appreciate that. That helps us. Finally, finally, I'm going to beat you over the head with this because you people drive me insane about it. We have hundreds of candidate surveys at redmaryland.com. Okay. If you go to redmaryland.com, if you go to our Facebook page, you'll see this as well at the top of our Facebook page. We've accumulated Brian through despite his machinations with the Canadian government has found an enormous reservoir of time to assemble links to all of these candidate surveys to our inter, our election focus interviews 
to our endorsements. All of the information you're getting right now in the mail, sample ballots. You're looking at these sample ballots. You're a registered Republican. I don't care where you live in Maryland. You're asking yourself, who's this guy? Go to redmaryland.com and you, you can search by name. You can look at where we have it all together by office. Whatever you need to do, all of that information is there. And the only thing you need to remember is Red Maryland. Facebook.com slash Red Maryland. RedMaryland.com. You can find it. Tell your friends. When your friends say, hey, who are these guys? I don't know any of these names. You can say, well, I used to be like you until I went to RedMaryland.com. And then I was able to read a survey about these people. And I learned things about these candidates. They may not be good things. They may not be good candidates, but there's information there, okay? So I don't want to ever hear any of you people say, I don't know anything about any of these candidates. And I sure as heck don't want you people walking into a voting booth not knowing who it is you're voting for. And you have no excuse, okay? If you're listening to my voice right now, you have managed to navigate the interwebs enough that you could get this information simply by going to redmaryland.com. And uh, if you're just on Facebook, I mean, there are 120-year-old people who use Facebook. Facebook.com slash redmaryland. It's all right there. It's just a couple clicks of the mouse, folks. I mean, you know, that's as much as we can do. So check that out. Share it with your friends. Let them know. We're doing the work. We're doing this for you, for the candidates, for the good of the order, would it, would it kill you to help us out a little bit? Let people know about it. Actually employ it. Maybe when you vote on the poll, you could actually say, hey, guys, thanks for all your hard work. I appreciate it. Would it kill you? Some of you, I think it would. All right. And with that, I will leave you to the stylings of Black Star Riders. This is their newest song. I'm a big fan of Black Star Riders, by the way. Definitely urge you to check them out. This song is called Heavy Fire. And with that, let me say, go Caps. Hang in there. We will get there. Talk to you next time. Take care. Ninety seconds.
10 seconds 